What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Today's episode is with Justin Moritas. Justin is a CrossFit athlete and the 2021 fittest man on earth. We talk about how he got into the sport, his training and recovery routine, the growth of CrossFit as a business, and much more. I really enjoyed this conversation with Justin, and I hope that you do too. But before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. I've been wearing a Whoop for several years now and it has made a massive difference in my life. It's the only tech product that I wear 24-7, so it's pretty cool to see people like Patrick Mahomes, Rory McIlroy, Michael Phelps, and Justin Bieber wearing one also. Whoop automatically measures your respiratory rate, oxygen level, resting heart rate, heart rate variability, calories, and activity levels throughout the day. Sure, it might sound complex, but Whoop interprets the data for you so it's easy to digest and actionable. And now, their 4.0 is officially back in stock and shipping in real time. But here's the best part. Whoop is offering my listeners 15% off their Whoop 4.0 right now with the code Joe at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com and enter Joe at checkout to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, train smarter, and now feel healthier with Whoop. Next up is Element. I've been focusing on my hydration levels for the past few months, and I've learned that chugging water isn't the most important thing, but replenishing electrolytes is. When you sweat, the primary electrolyte loss is sodium. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. But since drinking Element, I feel more energized and experience fewer headaches and muscle cramps. It's simple. I just add it to my water every morning, and I'm ready to go. No sugar, no junk. There's a reason why hundreds of pro athletes and teams across the NBA and NFL are using it also. That's because it works. And now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So go get yours at drinkelement.com slash Joe. This deal is only available through my link. So make sure you go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, Element, L-M-N-T, dot com slash Joe. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. All right, guys, I'm here with Justin Medeiros, who is the 2021 fittest man on earth, won the CrossFit Games last year. Justin, how are you? Dude, doing awesome, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. First and foremost, how the hell do you get into CrossFit? What is the background of this? How did you get interested? When did you start CrossFit? I started CrossFit actually back in 2012. It's like weird to think about. Like I've actually been doing it for like 10 years, you know, like uh, it's pretty crazy. How old are you? 23. Oh shit. So you were like, what is that? Like middle school? Yeah, I was seventh grade when I started. Oh, wow. Pretty wild. I mean, it didn't start with the goal of like making the games or anything like that. I grew up doing wrestling, football, playing like all the sports. And then my mom was the one that actually did it. She like joined the local gym to kind of get in shape, the CrossFit gym. And then she kept telling me all this stuff like, oh yeah, like I went to the gym today. It was so cool. It was an hour long class. We warmed up. We did an eight minute workout and then left. So I'm like, what? Like, can't get a workout in eight minutes. Like, <laughs> this is not a thing, you know? Like I was training with the high school team at the time for wrestling and Long story short, she ended up roping me in and going, and uh, I really liked it. Just ended up doing it to kind of train for wrestling and football was kind of the reason why I got into it. Did that pretty much throughout high school. And when did you find out that you could actually do this like competitively? Well, there's always like local 
my gym like hosted a lot of like local competitions, you know, like kind of in-house comps. And then there's some stuff that was locally that I did, but purely for fun, you know, like it was just really cool. And then my senior year of high school was the first time I kind of qualified for like a CrossFit like event, which was regionals, which they don't do that anymore. It was like the qualifying step to go to the games. And I wasn't anywhere close to qualifying, but that was kind of the first time I actually like competed in the sport. But still, like my plan was to go to college for wrestling. So I never really thought of CrossFit as like a sport for me. Yeah. And then you started taking it like actually serious. How many years ago? Probably about four years ago, actually. I mean, when I went to college, I went to Boise State to wrestle. And then a week before practice started, they cut the program. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I was like, well, like, I don't know what to do now. And luckily, like, my family is so supportive. They ended up just being like, hey, like, if you treat CrossFit as, like, your sport, like, we'll still help support you and stuff like that. Because I've done sports, like, my whole life. That's kind of what I did. I kind of started, like, okay, like, I have the opportunity in the next three or four years to kind of, like, see what I can do with it. Never thought it would be, like, a career I would get paid, do anything like that. I was just like, you know what? It'd be really cool to, like make the CrossFit games, you know, and after college, I got to go on, get a big boy job and stuff like that after. So, uh, it was kind of like my goal. And then it's crazy that actually happened, you know? So you finished third, I believe, right in the 2020 games, yeah. which was your first games. I'm assuming it's not very common for someone to come to their first games and finish third. <laughs> Walk me through, like, did you actually expect that to happen? Was it maybe easier than you thought it might be when you got there? Like, just talk me through kind of your realization afterwards. It was just crazy year. I mean, I changed coaches going into that season and kind of had nothing to expect. I mean, obviously, when I started working with this new coach, the goal was to make the CrossFit Games, you know. I've always come up really short, never made it. And then I ended up qualifying early that year. And I was just like, mind blown. You had to like win these sanctioned events. And it was the first one of the year of like 20 events. The winner of each one went to the games, ended up winning the very first one. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then uh, COVID happened. So then like, they weren't sure if the games are going to happen, do whatever. And they ended up doing like an online format. They sent judges out and equipment to each of the 40 athletes that qualified for the games and then did it online. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's my first games. It's still online. It's whatever. And I ended up doing it just kind of like the goal is to get top 20. I'm like, hey, if I can beat half the field, that'd be really good. I ended up getting third in that, which was crazy. But they took the top five and took them to an in-person event just with the top five athletes. And that's when I actually got to compete in the 2020 CrossFit Games, ended up getting third. And it was just, this didn't seem real the whole way through. I was like, I was shooting to get top 20, ended up getting fifth, qualifying for the final like round in this weird year of 2020, ended up getting third. And it was just like, whoa. And then just so many opportunities came from that. What was the online process like? I assume that was probably a little bit weird, at least to say, given you probably thought you were going to be in person for most of that. The games are supposed to be in August, and then I got pushed back to like September because of COVID, and they decided to do it online. And it was really weird because normally in an in-person competition, you can see the field. There's a lot of like gamesmanship trying to like – you can see where everybody's at if you need to go hard or back off. And when you're doing it online, you're doing these workouts – having no idea what other people are doing. So you just got to like completely sell out, leave it all out there. And then at the end of each day, they release the leaderboard. So you're like kind of sitting there looking at the TV, like seeing like what happened, what you did was enough. So it was a really like crazy experience. But my coach at the time ended up getting a videographer and we made like a little docu-series out of it that I posted on my YouTube, which was really cool. 
How much of your time is spent on the content? I feel like that's probably a big piece for people in your position, right? Because people are interested in obviously not only CrossFit people, but athletic people who are interested in the sport want to see like how you guys are training, how you're preparing, how you're eating, all of that stuff. I actually just kind of started getting into it. That was kind of my first dipping my toe in to kind of see what it was like. And then with opportunities that I've had, I mean, it was just something that really intrigued me as a lot of people get to see the sport, but they don't get to see like kind of the behind the scenes, like how we train, what we do on our off days, like what's happening in between workouts and stuff. So that was the kind of goal for me to kind of set that up and uh, kind of show people like what it's like being a CrossFit athlete, you know? So it's been pretty cool trying to like get more and more into it though, as time goes on. What does a typical day look like for you? I'm literally sitting here curious. I'm like, this guy is obviously training extremely hard to become the fittest man on earth, but he's got a mullet also in front of me. (laughs) And I I want to know the story behind that, but like, what do you do on a typical day? The past couple months has been really different because I've been in school for, I just graduated in December. So it's always juggling training in school and just kind of trying to find that balance between everything. And now the past like three months, I'm like, dude, I don't know how I was able to like juggle school on top of this. It feels like training takes up so much time. Kind of like what a normal training day is that we wake up at eight o'clock, eat a really big breakfast, get to the gym around 9.30. Like how big of a breakfast? My normal breakfast, I pretty much have the same thing every day. It's four eggs, two pieces of bacon with a bagel with jelly. And then I do a whole cup of oatmeal with like berries and stuff in it. Yeah, it's pretty big breakfast. Yeah, it's good. It takes me like 30 minutes to eat it, but I get the job done, you know? End up like eating my oatmeal on the way to the gym because I can't finish yet. No, it's really good. So you work out right after breakfast, right? Yeah, we go to the gym. We normally do two sessions per day. So I kind of get to the gym at 9.30, start warming up. I try to finish my first session between like 12.30 or 1. I try not to go more than a three-hour session because then I just get freaking hangry, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and then we kind of take a two-hour break and then get back after it again each day is a little bit different, like what we're trying to hit. Cause I mean, if you guys don't know what cross it is, I mean, it's like anything under the sun, like you never know what's going to get thrown at you. So you really just got to like train this like huge, like array of movements and hopefully that you're prepared when the time comes. But I think that's what makes it like the most fun. Dude, I did CrossFit for like six months and I was sore after legitimately every single workout. <laughs> like every single one. Well, it's just like your body's doing so many different stimuluses. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. Like I'll do a workout and if I get, especially when I'm in training, like I don't get sore too often, but when I do it kind of like, it's like a big thing. It's like when I get sore from something, it's probably because I haven't done that in a long time, you know, yep. which kind of like, okay, like it's something I got to pay attention to now. Like if I do like a high volume of squatting, then I get really sore. It's like, shoot, like, probably should start squatting more often, you know, like it's really cool. It's definitely a different type of training if you've never done it before. And so how many calories do you think you eat in a day? Because six hours working out is a shit ton. Yeah. Well, I actually just like had a little problem with it. I mean, as the season goes on, like we do the open is the first stage and it's one workout per week for three weeks. Obviously we're training and stuff in it, but it's just like one competition workout per week, which I don't need to be training a whole lot of volume to be prepared for that. But if you make it to the next stage, then it's a three-day weekend and they'll give you five workouts to do in three days. So now like the volume kind of increases and you got to be prepared to like compete at the high level. And that's stage two. Stage three is an in-person competition where they'll give you six to seven workouts in two or three days to do. And then for the games, we'll have 15 events in like a three or four day span. 
So as the season goes on, these competitions get longer and harder. And now that means like in my training, I got to be able to train more, which also means I need to eat a lot more. So coming off of semifinals, I was eating about 34 to 3,500 calories a day. And then getting into now games training, my volumes increase. And then I started to get lightheaded. I wasn't feeling too good day to day. And I weighed myself, tracked my food for a day. And I was like, dang, I'm still eating the same amount. Couldn't really figure it out. And then uh, kind of bumped up my calories, trying to eat over 4,000 calories now. And now I like, I feel great again. Kind of depends when the season's at. But definitely the more I train, it's like, I'm never going to have a problem with overeating. I'm just always trying to eat as much as I can. Yeah, I'm sure. And are you drinking water basically nonstop every day? Oh, yeah. I actually drink a lot of like BCA drinks. Like I have yeah. podium and stuff that I drink. I make like Gatorade, just kind of everything. You're sweating so much. It's just hard to stay hydrated. And I know, I think before last games, you trained with Matt Frazier leading up to the games. How did that relationship come to be? Actually, it came back in 2020 when I qualified for the games. I mean, normally you have these 40 athletes competing at the CrossFit Games, and you have all these divisions. You have teams, and you have the age groups where they have 35 to 40, 40 to 45, all the way up to 55 plus, and then you have the teenage divisions. But since COVID happened, all they did was the main two divisions, men and women, and they only had five guys and five girls. So you went to having like, hundreds and hundreds of athletes down to only having 10 athletes at the games. So he was also there and kind of all of us just got a lot closer than you normally would in competition because we had to like quarantine with each other. We had to be bus back and forth. So we kind of just stayed in touch and little did I know he was going to retire after that year. He knew that I was a rookie coming into the space and if you ever need anything, just let me know. And I was definitely going to take him up on that, man. He's the best to ever do it. So it was really cool getting to go and like learn from him and kind of see how he went about doing things for the five years that he won in a row. Was there anything that like shocked you when you got to his place training wise? It was so crazy because like every single thing that I did, he had something to like add on. And like each thing was just so small, but throughout the course of the week that I was there, it was just like so many things. It was just crazy. Like the attention to detail that he did for every single movement was just really crazy. And that was kind of like the most eye-opening experience is kind of going there about how in-depth he goes into each workout and having a purpose for everything that he did, which kind of like just bumped it up to like a whole new level for me, just kind of getting a focus, making sure if you're doing something, doing it for the purpose, you're not just like, okay, like I'm going to go run. Like, okay, no, I'm going to go run like four miles at a 720 pace or whatever it is. And just having like a really good structure and like a goal that you're trying to reach from like each training session. And he won it what, five times? Yeah, five times in a row, and then he got second for the two years before that. Second, second, and then five years in a row. Oh, yeah, so he's been up at the top for a long time. He's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. That's awesome. Okay, so then you win the games, right? You win last year. Did your life mm-hmm. change, or you still feel the same? I mean, in the grand scheme, they- You're more busy now, I assume? Yeah, a little bit more busy, you know? It's like, some ways, like, so many things have changed, but in other ways, like- nothing's changed you know like I'm still like the game is a crazy experience it's just like it's something that like you dreamed about and then it actually happened you're like whoa for the past five years I pictured a fittest man on earth and I'm thinking of Matt Frazier you know like it, it was just crazy to me and now it's like holy shoot like that's me like it yeah. didn't just didn't make sense it took me a long time to kind of like wrap my head around like what happened you know because It's probably like imposter syndrome to some degree, right? Like you're like, I'm not the fittest man on earth. That can't be true, right? And then you're like, wait, no, I am. For real, like the past like three or four years of doing CrossFit, it's just all been the same to me. I like wake up, go to the gym. I train really hard, 
do it again the next day. And then every year, though, I've never made the CrossFit Games or I never won. And then I felt like I've been doing like the same things over and over again. And then this year I won. I was just like, there wasn't like a click where I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm the fittest man on earth or anything like that. It was just pretty crazy just to kind of like experience. But kind of after now, I mean, right when I finished the 2021 Games and won, I had like two or three weeks off, then I went back to school. So like, <laughs> I didn't, didn't like. I felt like nothing really changed. I was back at college, finishing up my last semester, and uh, it's just been like a constant grind. That's awesome. How much of this is mental versus physical, like in competition? I think a lot of people take it like that. The mental game of the sport, I think, is a lot more important than people think. I mean, you always like, you know, like you look on Instagram, you see all these people that are like back squatting or maxing out these crazy numbers. You're like, how do these people do this day in and day out? Because you look back in yourself and you're like, man, like I have good days, bad days. Some days I feel like I'm on top of the world. Some days I'm not. And uh, yeah. it's crazy. You look at all these guys on paper and they all look like insanely fit. Like their mile times are faster than me and their snatch PRs, clean and jerk PRs are way more than mine. But then we go into competition and then somehow like, I'm beating them. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think kind of like the mental aspect of the sport, I think people just are not too aware of. So I think it's a uh, really cool. I mean, it's something that we definitely focus on a lot. I was going to ask, do you focus on watching other people during actual competitions or are you solely focused on yourself and basically the best time you can do? I assume part of it's like jockeying for position too. Like you're seeing where they're at, where you're at, et cetera. For sure. I mean, like there's a big advantage of being in the final heat. Like normally there's 40 people at the games. They normally do four heats of 10. When you're in that final heat, I normally have another coach or someone watching these other heats and people tell me like, okay, no, this is the time to be, Oh, someone came out really hot. And the past three heats, the person that was winning in the first two minutes dies off at the end or vice versa. You know, like you get to kind of watch and learn from other people's strategies. When you go out, like you have the most knowledge that you have to perform the best you can, but in that same token, like a first place is a first place finish. It doesn't matter if you win it by a minute or if you win it by a second, you know? So you don't want to be like exerting more energy than you need to. So it's kind of just really like playing the field, knowing where you're at and knowing like when you need to make that push and when you're like, okay, like I'm in a good position, settle in, like be calm. And there's definitely a lot of that that took a long time to learn coming into the sport, especially the past two years I've been working with my coach, Adam Neifer, and he's been a huge help in helping me do that. Is there a particular workout that you remember where you were like, that was just fucking miserable? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of them, but like... Dude, I think it's like a recency bias. Like every time I do a competition, I'm like, oh, this was the workout. That was the worst thing ever. And the thing that's like crazy about it is like, I tell people like, oh yeah, this was the workout messed me up the most. And people go do it and they're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, well, you probably weren't going as hard, dude. Like you got to like sell out like like workouts are only as hard as you make them, you know, like if you take a long time to do it, it's not going to be that bad. But at the Rogue Invitational this year, it was just a simple workout. It was 20 thrusters, 40 cal echo bike, 20 thrusters for time. And those short workouts are like the absolute worst, because if you go two seconds slower, that can be like five spots on the leaderboard. So like, so you're selling out the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, wide open all the way through, you know, it's like a two and a half minute workout, you know, and you're just pedal to the metal the whole time. And I remember finishing that event and I like crossed the finish line. I like looked around, I like fell on the ground and everyone's laying down. Everyone started getting up and I'm like, okay, you're the last dude on the ground right now. Like you need to get up, like get up. And I like stand up and it was just like, 
man, I was messed up for hours after that thing. Just like went back to my like little spot in the corner and just laid there. But to your point, right? Like that's the craziest part about CrossFit that you can do a workout for two minutes and 30 seconds and feel that shitty, burn that many calories, be done for hours afterwards. It's just crazy to think that only two minutes and 30 seconds of energy uh, did that. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing that you'll ever understand unless you go for it yourself. There's yeah. nothing to really compare it to. Yeah. It's always fun when you get people that like don't do CrossFit and you get them to come in like, oh man, yeah, dude, just do this work. I won't be that bad. It's only like five minutes or whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, totally got that. No problem, man. And then no, they get punched in the face pretty quick. <laughs> they take 10 minutes to do it and they say it's not bad. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think about the business side of CrossFit? Do you think this is a growing sport? Do you think that it's going to be much bigger than it is today? Like, do you think they're doing the right things? Just kind of your philosophy around how the sport is trending right now. I mean, I think this the past couple of years, there's been so much change like in the sport that we're kind of like at this weird spot. And I think the thing that's like really cool is I think it's going to grow and become so much more than it is right now. But we're just kind of trying to piece it together and kind of figure out what direction we need to go with it. Because I mean, the sport's only been around for, I think, 12 or I guess 15 years now. I think last year was the 15th year of CrossFit, but it's relatively new to like all the mainstream sports, you know? So it kind of just takes time to figure it out, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, when I was just kind of growing up, like I never would have thought that sponsors were a thing. And now there's like, when I was watching CrossFit in 2012, 13, 14, like most of these people at the CrossFit games, they had nine to five jobs that they were working and then it's doing CrossFit on the side. And now you look at the games field today and the top 10, even 20 athletes at the games now are just full-time CrossFitters. They don't do anything besides compete, which I think is really good for the sport. Like that's what you need to kind of find like the fittest on earth or to get that pinnacle. You need these athletes that can, can just devote all their time to the sport. And I think that's one of the coolest things. And I think when you get into the CrossFit community, you kind of understand it a lot more. Like, I mean, everyone always jokes about it, but like, like, how do you know someone that does CrossFit? Like you don't, they tell you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like once someone does CrossFit, I mean, it's a tightness community. I mean, you were there at Wadapalooza too. I mean, you get to see that atmosphere with all those people. I mean, it's definitely something that's contagious once you get in it, like right away. How does it work for the people that are doing it full time? Is most of their income coming from sponsors or prize money? Or is there some other kind of stream I'm not thinking of? I always thought that it came from prize money, but it's just really hard. I mean, like one year you can go from making all this money and the next year, like if you can't compete, you get injured or you just don't have a good top finish. No one's guaranteed any money, right? Like they don't sign contracts with CrossFit like to guarantee any amount of income. No, it's not like that through CrossFit. So then it's been awesome to have these really big brands come into the sport that that's where the athletes are kind of like, okay, like they sign these like two year, one year, five year deals with these brands. And they're like, okay, like, I know I got consistent money coming in. I don't got to worry about another job. And now I can kind of just focus on what I'm doing. And that's been like, I think the thing that's kind of helping the sport kind of take off even more. And you're seeing these athletes that are coming in the sport and taking it to a whole different level, even than it was like three or four years ago. I want to talk about recovery because this is one of the things that I'm always fascinated with. And I think CrossFit is probably the perfect example to go through this with. You work out, like you said, about anywhere between four to six hours a day. You're consuming yeah. 4,000 calories now. I'm assuming you're extremely tired, sore. You got to work out your muscles, all this kind of stuff afterwards. What are a few of the things that you do for recovery now? Like in the CrossFit game, like it's who can recover the best. And then that's going to be the person that 
that was going to take it. I mean, it's not like I run out of time in the day. I mean, like you said, I mean, four to six hours of training is a lot, but you got so much time in your day that you could fit in a lot more, but you just kind of run out of energy. So the game kind of becomes like, okay, like who can recover the best that they can come back that next day and hit their training with the same amount of intensity or even get more time in, in each training day. I mean, that's the stuff that's going to move the needle. And now that I'm doing CrossFit as a full-time sport, I don't have school and all these other things pulling me other directions. So when I'm not in the gym, like my job is just to recover to the best of my ability. And that has been a huge focus. And last summer I was living with my coach, (laughs) Adam Neifer, and he kept the house like really, really hot. And like, I felt bad. Like I didn't want to like go, like I'm a guest in his house. I don't like (laughs) turn down the thermostat or anything, but like sleep is like the biggest thing for me. Like when I get a good night of sleep, I feel unstoppable like the next day. Like it's the biggest thing from day to day that I noticed the big difference. And I think anybody can relate to that. Like if you get a shitty night's sleep, the next day, like you just feel droggy and terrible. And it's just even heightened more when you're trying to like train and push your body to its limits the next day. So for me, I've been trying to like really dial it in to see how I can maximize my sleep. And that's when I found eight sleep, which is uh, this mattress that you can get a cover or just the mattress itself. And it can heat and cool your mattress throughout the night based on how you want it. For me, I'm like a super, super hot sleeper. And when it's hot, like I just can't sleep. But I also love sleeping with tons of covers. So like I need the house to be super cold. And it's just been a huge thing because now I can set my mattress to be nice and cool. And I can also like snuggle in and all the blankets and stuff, which has been huge for me just to kind of like help sleep. I'm sleeping a lot longer now and it's a lot easier just to fall asleep. I don't find myself like waking up, kicking all the covers, tossing and churning or anything like that. It's so funny you said that because I feel like most people when they think of CrossFit would think of cold tubs, you know, like massages, all that kind of stuff. But anyone that's listening to this podcast knows like the sleep's most important, if not one of the most important things. And eight sleep is a huge provider of that, right? Because the thing I noticed too, I have the cover Mm -hmm. and the thing I noticed is it's not even that it gets you to sleep. It's obviously more comfortable. I like being cold, right? So I turn it down a bunch and get super cold, but you actually need, you don't have to sleep as long because I realized through the metrics that you're actually sleeping deeper, right? So you're staying in those cycles much longer than you would have previously. And even if you're sleeping 30 minutes less or maybe even an hour less, if you're still getting just as much REM sleep or deep wave sleep or whatever, you're just as good, if not better off. And I think that's what it's been helpful to me for. And one of the things that I've certainly noticed, I am curious, do you take it with you to the games? Yeah, man, every competition that I go to, I bring that with me. I know it sounds like a little prima donna, but it's something that like, once I sleep in that every night, if I go somewhere else without it now, like it's just so much more difficult for me to like sleep or fall asleep or do anything like that. It goes with me everywhere I'm going, especially when I'm trying to compete. It's definitely a game changer. Do you get uh, an interesting look when you walk in the hotel and (laughs) you have your own mattress? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have my own mattress when I get there. I mean, I bring the cover, so it's a little bit better. I'm not bringing yeah. a whole mattress, but it's still <laughs> Well, like, you could probably hide that. You could hide that pretty well. They don't yeah. even have to know. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit better. Yeah, man, it's awesome. And the thing that's like super cool about it, I mean, I don't have like a girlfriend or anything like that that I have to sleep with, but you can also have it separate. So let's say you and your girlfriend, like you like to sleep super cool and she likes to sleep super hot. Each side of the mattress will adjust on its own which I think is just crazy that it can do that. And obviously it tracks your heart rate and like your HRV, your sleeping heart rate and all that stuff. It's just huge. 
Yeah, it's big. And it's funny you say that because I had Francis Ngannou, who's the UFC heavyweight champ yeah. on the podcast. And he literally said the same thing. He said eight sleep. He was like, it is by far the biggest thing from a recovery standpoint because he uses it every night. And he, again, believes that sleep is probably one of the most important things and it helps him with that. So yeah, it's crazy to see, man. It's cool that a product like that has made its way through sports and even more niche ones like CrossFit. No, for sure. I mean, it's definitely growing. I mean, I know a lot of like athletes now that are starting to use them. I mean, like Caleb Dressel, he's a swimmer. Yeah. I know he's been using one now too. Like it's just cool. Like the scope that it's kind of getting out to because people, I think once you use it, like you just know its effects. I mean, you said earlier, like I sauna cold plunge, do all that stuff. But like, if I happen to not sauna and cold plunge like one night, it's not like that next day of training is just terrible. Like, I think it's just the sleep thing is just like the biggest thing I noticed from day in, day out. My last question, what's the story behind the mullet? Dude, (laughs) man, is there a story or you just like the haircut? There's got to be a story. I guess there's a little bit of a story, but I wrestled for like 10 years. I was going to go to college for it, but I had a buzz cut my whole life. The longest my hair got was probably years, you know, in the off season, you know, but like when you wrestle, you can't have your hair long. So I always kept it short and then wrestling was kind of over. I'm like, well, like no reason to keep my hair short. So I kind of started letting it grow out. And then I found out I had curly hair. I didn't know I had curly hair. When I was little, I had like the straightest hair. It was crazy. And I started growing it out, got like this whole like moppy mess. And one of my buddies, like we did like this like super little like workout competition thing at the gym and I lost, but like the loser had a punishment. And for me, I had to cut my hair into a mullet. (laughs) So I lost, cut my hair into a mullet for this competition that we had the next week. It was just like a local competition that I did. And I cut it into a mullet, did the competition. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't mind this. Like, it's pretty cool. I mean, keep it short on the sides. Nothing's getting in my like eyes or anything like that. And it just kind of like stuck from there. I mean, it's not like a crazy story or anything like that. That was in 2019. So I've had it actually for three years now. And it started out as a joke. And now it's like, Nope. Like this is me now. Like I'm the guy with the mullet. So I was going to say, if you didn't want to keep it, you probably shouldn't have won the CrossFit games with it <laughs> because yeah, I know now it's yeah, memorable. It's here to stay. Yeah. As long as I'm competing, it's here. I'm going to be like in my forties competing with like a bald spot. I have a skull it, you know, <laughs> it'll be good, but it's all fun. I like it. That's amazing, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Justin. Where can I send people to find you on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever you're creating the most content? My Instagram is justinmedaris34, just my name, 3-4 at the end. And I have a link to my YouTube in my bio. So uh, check that out. That's kind of the two things I'm posting on all the time. But yeah, my YouTube channel is kind of like, if you want to learn more about me, what we do and CrossFit and stuff like that, check that out. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. Best of luck to you in the games. I know they're coming up in August now, so I'll be rooting for you, man. Good luck. going to be good. Awesome, dude. Thanks for having me on. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.